Peraldis, Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's a great Saturday if you're a sports fan. It's an even better Saturday if you're an Arizona sports fan. A big part of that is what's happening later tonight at 620 to be exact. What's First that? pitch. What's happening? Diamondbacks, Dodgers in the National League Division Series. Playoff baseball. In Arizona. That's Eric. tonight? They're starting tonight? Well, in really? LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's starting tonight. Huh, he's I didn't Eric, know that. He's Eric Ruby. He's filling in for Steve Zinsmeister. I'm Mitch Vareldis. Got Trevor Henry behind the glass. And even right now, we've got really great college football going on right now. you got Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma just pulled off a stop at the one to prevent Texas from tying the game. That's no huge. tush push there, baby. No tush push. Ohio State. Maybe about to take a 10-point lead. They're up by 9 right now. Looks like they just scored a touchdown. And then Missouri against LSU. Ooh, Jaden Daniels, former ASU product, is just barely into the end zone. Looks like LSU back on the scoreboard. Is it enough to get them to tie? We shall see. We're watching all of that. And even playoff baseball happening right now. Orioles-Rangers are scoreless through 3 in Baltimore. But baseball... Eric, baseball postseason, it's my favorite postseason. Maybe that's slightly biased because I just love baseball so much. Why Why do you think, like, besides the fact that you like baseball, what is it about baseball postseason specifically that's different than any other sport? It just, and this may sound hypocritical because this is, for some people, all postseasons, but it feels different from the first pitch to the last pitch. The energy level just feels at its highest point almost all the way throughout. Unless you're a Tampa Bay Rays fan and you get blown out by the Texas Rangers in two games. They have fans? <laughs> That's the other problem that they have. But for playoff baseball, it's just a moment of excitement from the very, very first pitch all the way to the very, very last pitch. There is anything that is possible that can happen, and you have to pay attention all the way through it. Otherwise, you're going to miss it. Yeah. Especially with the way that they've sped up the game this year. Well, right. So, you know, when they did that, and I like that you said, you know, every moment is more important. I love the new rules. I'm on board with anything that, you know, helps the game become more modern, helps it appeal to more people. And to be quite honest, sometimes I got a pretty packed schedule. I like the games to not take three and a half hours in the regular season. But one thing that I felt like was going to be lost a little bit, and I haven't been feeling it as much this year as I thought I would. When you get to the playoffs, that extended time in between pitches, it means something, right? There's yep. tension there. It yep. builds. In the regular season, nobody cares, right? It, nobody cares. There's 162 of those things, and there's nine innings in each one. And there's I can turn away <laughs> for like five pitches and then turn back. And, oh, they doubled. Yay. Okay, right, now I'll pay cool. attention. Right, but now in the playoffs, you know, it's, it's still the same, but back before the pitch clock, it was the anticipation, right? It builds, it builds, it builds. And I also think part of the reason why baseball postseason – to me, I don't know if it's my favorite. I'm not as much as a baseball guy. I'm more of a basketball guy. I, I love baseball and I love the Diamondbacks. Less teams get in. Mm -hmm. And the teams that do get in, I mean, you saw the Diamondbacks. Champagne bottles when they make it. Champagne bottles when they win the wild card. The Suns, if they popped bottles for backing in, in the playoffs or for winning in the first round... They'd be crucified. Like it would yeah. be, they, it would be front page news. It's like, right? oh, congratulations! You were one of more than fifty percent of your conference to make right. it in. Like, eh, blah, blah. right. But the fact that the Diamondbacks, despite having some losing streaks that no playoff teams should probably have, yeah. were able to make it in two years after losing hundred and ten games, while still having 
players from that roster yeah. on this team. Like It's not like, okay, we got rid of everybody, we got rid of the manager, we got rid of the front office, and now we're... No. Like, this was a process, and everybody was in it together. That, to me, is why this series against the Dodgers, it means a little bit something extra. The Brewer series, for a couple different reasons, meant a little bit something extra. And I can't sit here and tell you the Diamondbacks are going to win tonight or in the series. If I had to be honest, I probably wouldn't pick them. But... I do think that this team and the way that they play, the chaos created, it's it's starting to be a little bit overplayed. Just a little bit. Oh, hold on now. Hold it on. Is. Hold it is. This, it is. Okay. You can think that it's overplayed, but it's also their identity, and it's the reason why they're here at all. You didn't let me finish this. That's what all I was going right, to say. Right, That's what right. I was going to say. It's a little bit overplayed, but man, is it true. Right? Yep. Like there's a reason why it's overplayed. This team and in playoff baseball with the new rules, the way that they can, I don't even want to say create chaos, the way they can create pressure. Yeah. Right? Corbin Carroll, he's going to get you a single. If Cor- that, he's ending up on third. <laughs> if Corbin Carroll's singles, just mark a run in your box score because you know it's going to happen some way, shape, or form. He's going to make it to second. He's probably going to make it to third because you had to panic when he was running to second and you overthrew your second baseman and now Corbin Carroll's moving to third yes. and now the whole game is different than it was five seconds ago. That type of baseball, if everything breaks right, which... Not everything broke right for them last series, and they still won. Like you could, you could beat a team that won a hundred games in the year. The Dodgers are heavy favorites. The Diamondbacks are the biggest underdogs left in the playoffs. That's how they like it. Well, look no further than last year, Eric. Uh, the two teams that were denied entry to the National League Championship Series. Do you know which two teams those were? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. The uh, Atlanta Braves who I believe got to the 100-game mark or were the number two seed and won the American or the the NL East like they normally do. And the uh, Dodgers, as you just mentioned, which were better record-wise last year than they were this year, which, look, that's not saying much. We're we're talking about a couple of seasons of 100 wins for those clubs. But they barely made it to the fifth game. They didn't make it to the fifth game. They got beaten on the road in the fourth game. Both of them. You had this Phillies team that was exploding after they fired their manager, Joe Girardi, midseason. And then you had a Padres team that was very aggressive at the trade deadline, lost one of their biggest pieces in Fernando Tatis Jr. because he was foolish. And they still got past those giant juggernauts. Why can't the Diamondbacks do the same? Oh, they can. They absolutely it's can. It's on the table. Like, they're big underdogs, but there's absolutely no reality right here, right now, that the Diamondbacks cannot beat the Dodgers in this series. Let me put it this way. This Diamondbacks team is 2-0 and in the postseason. Just like Zach Gallen said, entering the postseason. We're back to 0-0, baby. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. People might think that way. Sure. The team construction probably hasn't changed a whole ton. Sure. But you know what has changed? Everything's kind of starting over. You are who you are at this point in the postseason. And speaking of change, you remember the moments when we first started feeling like this Diamondbacks team was a little bit different. You yeah. remember when? Well, it was right at the start of the season. <laughs> it was when they took in on April. <laughs> when they took on the Dodgers in multiple series, and they held their own like they haven't in quite some time. Now, fast forward to August, things went a little bit differently. Yeah. Like that, that also happened, and it has to be taken into account. This team is not afraid. They are not scared of the Dodgers. They do not think that they cannot beat the Dodgers. Tori Lavello, look, 
there's a lot of stuff said about this guy. Do I agree with every single lineup decision he makes across 162 games? <laughs> no. I can tell you, we've been in the office throughout many, many games saying, what the heck is this lineup? Why is blank what in blank and doing blank? The blanks aren't replacing uh, curse words, by the way. They're but replacing it, individuals. I don't want to bash anybody. But at the end of the day. Tori Lovello has this locker room so connected. And mm -hmm. what's starting to also be a little bit overplayed, but I like it because every team needs a moniker, is a connected team is a dangerous team. He's a party he, animal. Too. He's right. And look, if I'm playing for my manager and I look over and I can tell he cares just as much as me because he's popping champagne bottles and leading the party when we're winning, that means something to me as an athlete, right? Yeah. Like if somebody's going out there and saying, I'm going to give you my best, I'm going to lock in because I know this means something to you, to you, to Mike Hayes and the GM, to everybody. And that's what this Diamondbacks team is. And if for some reason this series doesn't go their way, they can still look back on what they built and say, okay, there's something here. And it's not one and done. It's not a flash in the pan. Guys, this is the beginning. This is the start of it all. And they're in the NLDS taking on the Dodgers tonight. Like, think about that for a second, right? Makes you kind of giddy, in a sense. Right? Definitely me. Yeah. <laughs> a little Diamond, bit. <laughs> Diamondbacks, Dodgers, as Eric just mentioned, that's tonight. A 6:21 first pitch. Pre-game coverage is going to start I believe at 5.30, if I'm doing the math correct, but you can hear it all here on 98.7. You can also hear it on the Arizona Sports app. And we have runs in playoff baseball right now. The Texas Rangers first on the board against the Baltimore Orioles. They put home two so far in the top of the fourth. This Evan Carter kid for Texas is just absurd. That's a conversation for a different day. What's well, a conversation for coming up now is a disgruntled running back got paid. Is it going to mean anything for their team going forward? We'll take a look at some NFL and some college news next here on Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mitch, for all this, Eric Ruby filling in for Steve Zinsmeister today on this Arizona Sports Saturday. Trevor Henry behind the glass, making sure things are running smoothly here in the Auction Community Studios. Uh, really quickly, I just saw this now. Apologize for not seeing it sooner, but about an hour ago, Diana Rossini, who's the senior NFL insider for The Athletic, uh, recently moved over there from ESPN. Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins is out against the Cardinals per league source. Been managing mm. a rib injury. So, uh, phrasing, dodged bullet, if you could say, maybe. He hasn't had a great season. Not that bad. Well, nobody on the Bengals has had a good season, right? Yeah. So... I'm just glad they didn't do the whole, uh, hey, we're going to play T. Higgins a snap, and then we're going to sit on the sideline for the entire game. Well, I thought that was fun. So with that, and Ian Rappaport, I don't, I don't think he said anything in particular to him being out, but did note that the Bengals have elevated wide receiver Kwame Lasseter II from their practice squad, um, and maybe you in Arizona recognize that name, uh, the son of the recently passed Kwame Lasseter, who played for the Cardinals as defensive back. Hmm. So, small little connection there. That'll be cool if uh, Lasseter gets to see some snaps uh, back where his dad used to play. That would be cool. But just passing that along, it sounds like T. Higgins not going to go for the Bengals against the Cardinals on Sunday. That wasn't the biggest news in the NFL that came down today. And as a matter of fact, I'm just going to read the tweet that Colts owner Jim Ursay himself put out there. Oh, he tweeted? Yeah, Shocker. He Here's what he said. 
Quote, we have extended Jonathan, uh, meaning Jonathan Taylor, the running back. He is a all caps special player. And this extension is important, knowing the impact he'll make as our team develops under Shane uh, Steichen, their head coach. I have no doubt he'll continue to create highlight plays and memories for our fans. He deserves this deal, and I'm happy for him. Flexing arm emoji. Gotta love a good Jim Irsay tweet. It's it's <laughs> You get like eight of them a week. <laughs> it's a really weird concept. But Taylor got extended three years, $42 million. I don't know the guarantees, but... Uh, 26.5 million guaranteed. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, lots of incentives. And for somebody who puts up crazy numbers, you think that he could probably hit that? Yeah. I'm still in the camp of, I understand why teams don't really want to pay running backs, but I also can look at it from the running back perspective and say, Hey, if you're elite at what you do, a team should pay you like you're elite. If you're good, you should get paid. That's kind of how I see it. And I think you and I can agree that the two running backs where if they end up getting another contract somewhere else uh, between Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, those are two of the more deserving running back contracts we've seen in our time in recent days and how contracts are given out to running backs nowadays. But Jonathan Taylor, I think, is very close and very much in that same class. He's been very special since coming out of Wisconsin. You know, it's funny. How things just kind of line up and work out. Totally, probably um, a situational circumstance. It has nothing to do with each thing. But Jonathan Taylor was on PUP uh, for the first four weeks. Uh, and he just, he, he was injured and he couldn't play. And then all of a sudden, he gets activated. He's going to play tomorrow. And somehow, some way, he also comes off of PUP with one of the highest paid running back deals in the league. Huh. Hmm. Weird. I. I don't, that's just very, very great situational circumstances for the Indianapolis Colts. How I mean, about that? I mean, yeah, we we probably know the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, Jonathan Taylor then tweeting out, oh, I'm not actually hurt. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Yeah, come on. We all know. We pay too much attention. Um, another team that I want to look at with you real quick, Eric, and I don't know if we should be, well, you know what? We should be surprised by this because yeah. given how many injuries that Texas or Houston has had on their old line this season, the Texans are two and two and CJ Stroud has yet to throw an interception in four starts for Houston. It doesn't seem like that first round pick that the Arizona Cardinals are getting from Houston. It might not even be in the top 10. I mean, look, man, Stroud's a real deal. And he's one of those quarterbacks. When you come in and you look like C.J. Stroud did, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be a top five quarterback in the league next year, but you don't really stop, right? You Mm -hmm. don't show what he's shown, the accuracy, the poise, to lead a team while their offensive line is in shambles. Literal shambles. Literally. I also think that, yeah, sure, you could say it sucks, right? For Cardinals fans who wanted the team to lose, to be the worst in the league, and then also have the Texans lose and be the worst in the league. So you can have the first and the second overall pick. You can either draft Caleb Williams or trade it and then draft Marvin Harrison Jr., whatever. This is the Texan stuff, not as much, but like this is great for the Cardinals to be winning. And quite honestly, with the way that Monty Austin Fort has been drafting and how his picks have turned out. Look, if you can nail Michael Wilson with a third-round pick, if you can nail Keetrell Clark with your sixth-round pick, I don't really care if you're going to have the 11th pick, right? Yeah. 
There's a lot of talent. And you know what? If you have 11 and you have eight, you can package that and you can move up to four or five if you really want to, right? Like if you really want that. I'm not rooting for the Texans. I'm obviously saying, hey, look, man, if you guys want to lose and then the Cardinals get an extra pick, that would definitely help. But at the same time, you should not let the Texans' success determine how you're feeling about the season or about the Cardinals in general. You should be confident because Monty Ford has shown that he can draft. It seems to be his specialty. And they're going to get two top picks in this draft. The Texans are not 4-0. They're not 3-1. They're 2-2. and And they had two blowout wins against the Jags and the Steelers. Look, man, the win against against the Jags matters, by the way, because that's Mm -hmm. a huge divisional win for Houston. And that's a Jaguars team that a lot of us thought heading into the year was going to be the darlings once again in the South. All four of the teams in the AFC South are two and two right now with Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Houston and Tennessee. That division, I don't know how it's going to end up just as a result of that alone. Listen, I'm expecting the Texans to actually have a good record at the end of the season. I'm looking at their schedule right now. It might be the easiest I've ever seen. Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Buccaneers, Bengals, Cardinals, Jaguars, Broncos, Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans, Colts. Did I I name a single (laughs) top-tier team? Did I name one playoff team? The No, never mind. Did I name one playoff team there? Maybe the Falcons? Maybe the Saints? I, I mean, somebody's got to win that South, right? Right, but that... But the like teams that we take seriously? No, absolutely not. There is right. not a team that you listed that, other than the Cardinals, because they've shown that they can play very seriously, that I take seriously. The Buccaneers have had a good season so far. Yeah, they're 3 But I one. don't believe in Baker Mayfield. Not totally. I don't. It's a fun little redemption story right now, but... I, I don't think they'll be three and one for long. I, I think well, obviously that not, but anyway. The the Texans are they're building for the future. I think the fact that you have their first round pick, no matter where the first round pick ends up, is an extremely valuable asset to have as the Cardinals. I'm not surprised that the Texans are putting it all together. I mean, I think we all expected them to be bad, but when you look at it on paper, right, you say, I, I would have been thrilled if D'Amico Ryans was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, he, he was one of those guys that I looked at and I said, yeah, he would be at the top of my list. I really liked what he did in San Francisco, and I really think that he would be a great head coach. It's not surprising to me that he's kind of putting it together again, two and two, but first in the AFC South, but two and two. It's just weird to look at uh, really quickly. Let's do a cap of scores, and then we're going to go head to L.A. and check in with our own Alex Weiner, see how the Dimex Dodgers are preparing for tonight's game one. LSU just scored again. It is back and forth affair in Missouri. And LSU is now about to go up 42-39. There is just under three minutes to go in the fourth and final quarter there. Ohio State is starting to run away from Maryland. They're now up 34-17 at the shoe. With Take that, Lou Holtz. To go Take that. In the final quarter. Um, Baltimore on the board as well, switching to baseball. They have a runner on one home. It's 2-1 to one Texas in the bottom of the fourth. And it looks like Gunnar Henderson just popped up and is out. So now there's two outs, but a runner on second. Got to say something about Jaden Daniels. He's maybe having the game of his career right now. I think he's got at least two on the ground. I think he's got two passing. He has 14 carries for 141 yards and a touchdown. Okay. Does he have three touchdown passes then? Uh, Yes. He has over 300 all-purpose yards. Yes. This is ridiculous. This dude was literally here. 
Yeah. Herm Edwards, what did you do? Oh, we all know what Herm Edwards did. I don't think you have to ask that question. Uh, by we the all, way, we all know <laughs> what went wrong. And then the last one, then the Red River rivalry, it's tied. Texas and Oklahoma are tied at Jeez, Good slate. And we thought that Texas was just going to get run out of town. And now they're back. The number three team. Is they're back. back. They're back. It's time for us to look back and then look ahead with Alex Weiner of Arizona Sports. Talking some Diamondbacks Dodgers next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch Barrelvitz, Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back in on an incredible Saturday for Arizona Sports in general. Not only do we have Coyotes preseason starting, not only do we have ASU football, we also have Diamondbacks baseball. Eric Ruby here filling in for Steve Zinsmeister alongside Mitch Veraldez. And to start previewing the NLDS, we have to tap in with Arizona sports lead Diamondbacks writer Alex Weiner. Alex is in L.A. right now, and he's on the line. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, guys. How you doing? Oh, doing good. Doing good, Alex. Now, I asked Mitch, I said, hey, I, I'd like to, to drive and take the reins a little bit at the start of this segment, and I'd like to set the scene a little bit, right? So last time the Diamondbacks made the playoffs was 2017, right? Right, Alex? 2017. Right. Do you remember what else happened in 2017? Regards to the Diamondbacks or no. just in general? <laughs> it's, I'm completely setting you up for something you have no idea that's about to happen. Alex, that's when right, me and I'll you bite. met. That's when me and you met. Met Cronkite, freshman year, six oh, yeah. years ago, right? So That's now, true. here you are, lead Diamondbacks writer for ArizonaSports.com. I just want to take a second and give you some flowers that I think are much, much deserved. Because since the last six years, I don't know if anybody has quietly worked as hard as you to get to the position that you are right now. And I'm so proud of you. Dude, you're in L.A. You're covering the Diamondbacks on the road in the playoffs. Dude, that's so cool. And I just want to take a second and say that I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> I don't know if I deserve all that, but I appreciate it, Eric. I do. Oh, always humble. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about this series. Clayton Kershaw, Merrill Kelly going tonight. We heard Merrill Kelly talk about his former struggles against the Dodgers in his entire career. He hasn't picked up a win. Is that something that you think Diamondbacks fans should be worried about going into tonight? Uh, it's hard to say because obviously the history is there, but at the same time, the playoffs are a little bit of a different animal. Merrill's had a bit more success against the Dodgers this year. He, he had one really great start against them back at Chase Field. His last start at Dodgers Stadium did not go well, but speaking to him yesterday, the confidence is still there. Um, you know, he, he said there are, sometimes there are players or there are certain teams that just kind of have your number throughout your career. This has been one of them. But uh, the confidence hasn't waned, and it's a totally different environment. So um, we'll see how we adjust to it. He pitched pretty well down the stretch other than that Mets start. Um, Ultimately, the second half was very good. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sure there'll be some butterflies in the the stomachs of of Diamondbacks fans looking at him going up against this Dodgers lineup again. But um, it's the postseason. We've already seen that anything can happen. I think at the same time, if you're looking at it from Merrill's perspective and then you're looking at the rotations as a whole – Merrill can kind of set the tone for how the Diamondbacks pitching is going to go in this series. And if nothing else, what we've seen from the offense, like you said, Alex, anything can happen. This offense has a very grand opportunity of being able to back up Merrill against one of the better teams because they might be able to actually get after this Dodgers pitching staff. Yeah, it's it's sort of a unique situation with the Dodgers. It's not the same as those past, you know, 
however many years of contention where they have this deep rotation, it's it's going to look a little different. Game one is going to be Clayton Kershaw, so um, they've seen him a ton. He's had success against them for the most part, but there are a few Diamondbacks who have gotten the better of him, like Christian Walker most notably. Uh, and then after Kershaw, it's, it's Bobby Miller, a rookie who hasn't pitched in the postseason before. And then game three, it's a little bit up in the air. It could be Lance Lynn. It could be another rookie like Brian Pepio. Um, they may have to lean heavier on their bullpen. So it's a little bit different. And the fact that the Diamondbacks are going to have Kelly and Zach Allen going for, you know, if the series goes a different distance, four or five games, that, that gives them uh, an advantage as far as the starting pitching is concerned. And just as important as the starting pitching, you could argue, is the fact that Gabriel Moreno's going to be good to go after taking a backswing to the helmet in the Brewer series. Just how much of an advantage does he bring to a Diamondbacks team? Like, can you just let the people know in detail how important Gabriel Moreno is to this Diamondbacks team's success? I mean, he's huge. And, and yeah, it, it seems like he's going to play. Um, he, he said yesterday that he was feeling better and, and, and good to go. Uh, you know, it's, it's always a scary situation when someone gets hit in the head. But uh, their expectation is he'll be in the lineup. And, yeah, he's been huge on both sides of the ball. I mean, offensively, um, he started off hot and cooled off a little bit. He was dealing with a shoulder issue, wet on the IL for a little bit. And you can really tell uh, just kind of the difference between when he's in there and when he's not. I mean, the Diamondbacks are 20 games above 500 this season, um, not including the playoffs, so 22 games above 500 this season when he's in the starting lineup. So it, it does make a drastic difference. Um, you know, the backup catcher, Jose Herrera, is not as experienced or as uh, had the same level of success at the major leagues as Moreno, so it is a ma- major difference. And Moreno's had, you know, some success against some of the Dodgers pitching. He, he hit Bobby, I think he hit a, a home run and an RBI double against Bobby Miller at Dodger Stadium last time he played there. So it, it does, it, it just gives a lot more depth to this lineup and, you know, helps prevent the run game from getting going. So it, it is a huge development that he's, he's going to be able to play in this. Alex Weiner, our lead Diamondbacks writer with us at Arizona Sports, joining us here live from L.A. I don't know if he's at Dodger Stadium yet or not, but he's in L.A. and he's joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. I want to ask you about the one and only roster change that the Diamondbacks made, putting Kyle Nelson in, taking Bryce Jarvis off. Do you think it's as simple as they just wanted another lefty in the bullpen because the Dodgers do have some options on their bench? Or do you think it's they want to give some love to a guy that had had a pretty solid season for them? Yeah, not quite at Dodger Stadium yet, but I will head over there just about when I get off the phone here, uh, and we'll definitely talk to Tori Lavello about the roster move. Um, what I feel like is that Kyle Nelson had a had a pretty good year. He was used very heavily uh, for much of it, and um, down the stretch, it, it wasn't as, as smooth. They left him off the wild card roster. They had Bryce Jarvis on there. Yeah, I think it's just another left-handed relief option. Maybe they feel like Jarvis is less needed because. You know, you're looking at potentially four to five starts by two guys who they expect to get decent depth out of. Um, so the need for another long reliever when they also have Ryan Nelson in there might be a little bit limited. So, I, I, yeah, I think it's just an optionality thing with the lefty righty. The Diamondbacks are the biggest underdog left in the playoffs. But you also said this isn't, you know, the Dodgers teams of past where they're just dominant at every aspect of the game. What part of the game do the Diamondbacks have a distinct advantage in, if they do indeed have one over L.A.? Yeah, like I mentioned, the starting pitching would be the big one, Um, what they can get out of Gallon and Kelly. The Dodgers hit Gallon and Kelly pretty well last time they faced both of them at Dodger Stadium. That was a kind of a bizarro series. But, yeah, that that would be the the, the pitching depth there. I think both bullpens have been 
excellent down the stretch. The Dodgers um, have, have really found a nice group of guys with Evan Phillips in the back end with Bruce Star Gratterall. Diamondbacks bullpen, uh, I'm, I don't know if you guys have touched on it, but it has been tremendous um, in the past six weeks. And then offensively, the Dodgers, you know, they have the two best, you know, potentially two of the three best hitters in the National League with Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. The Diamondbacks, where, where they can find an advantage potentially is the way that they were doing it against the Brewers, where they were, you know, putting together some mature at-bats, getting guys on base and kind of allowing the walks to start rallies, um, like we saw with Geraldo Perdomo a couple of times. And, you know, getting on base and taking the extra base when you have the advantage to do it, because they do have a bit of a speed and athleticism advantage in this series. Um, that's what it's going to take for them to scratch across some runs and potentially have an advantage here. Last one for Alex Weiner, who covers the Diamondbacks for us with us at Arizona Sports. I just saw your piece go live uh, citing the big news off of the field for the Diamondbacks that Mike Hazen has an extension signed. The biggest part for him, he cited unfinished business. What kind of an impact does it have to bring back a guy like Mike Hazen? And where do you think that he can improve this roster looking slightly beyond into the upcoming season? Yeah, it's just the stability thing. I mean, um, Hazen and Derek Hall, a Dimex president and CEO, held a press conference yesterday. They talked about it a little bit. Uh, and Hall's big thing was just having stability with Hazen and, you know, extending, you know, assistant GM uh, Amiel Sade and, and Mike Fitzgerald in the front office and, you know, having Tori Lovello there for so long. And, um, you know, the Diamondbacks as an organization, they, they didn't always have you know, those guys set there for that many years in a row. So that was sort of the big thing there. And and as far as, and just kind of seeing out the vision that was played and started a few years ago when they brought those guys in, as far as looking forward and where they could potentially improve, I mean, the obvious place is starting pitching. Um, you know, we mentioned it in this series because, you know, you're only going to need three starting pitchers in this series. But <laughs> right. for as far as like an entire rotation, the Diamondbacks don't have one. Um, and Hazen has said he was, he was regretful for not getting a starter at the deadline. Some prices were too high, but that's going to be an area where they have some younger guys who are candidates to potentially have bigger roles, you know, going forward. But um, just getting another veteran in there is probably the first place you look, I would guess. You can get all of Alex's great work on the Arizona Sports app and ArizonaSports.com as he's out in L.A. We're going to let you get to Dodger Stadium, D-backs Dodgers tonight, 620. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app, and you can hear it on 98.7. If you want to get updates during the game, if you can't watch, if you can't listen, you can go on X slash Twitter. You can follow Alex at Alex J. Weiner, all one word. Over on X, he gives you the updates. He'll give you videos, post-game, all of that, because he has boots on the ground. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Hopefully the traffic's not too bad for you on the way over. It's Saturday, so maybe it won't take me an hour like it did yesterday. But I <laughs> Yeah, good luck that. with that. <laughs> good luck with that. All right, that was Alex Weiner, Arizona Sports lead D-backs writer. We're going to keep this D-backs train rolling. Our final thoughts, maybe some predictions, all coming next on Arizona Sports Saturday on The Local Sports Leader. And Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have to start with this before we wrap up. Rivalries in college football do not disappoint. Oklahoma is just kicked the extra point against Texas. They now lead 34-30. There is 15 seconds left in this football game, Eric Ruby. Rivalries in college football are something else. You got to love it. You've got to love it. I mean, it, two good teams, no matter the rivalry, the third and the twelfth best team in the nation. Right. So I, you expect a good game, but there's just a little extra juice to it. 
You gotta love it. There's gonna be a ton of juice with it next year when they're both in the SEC. Oh man, oh, college football! What a great game that was. So it looks like Oklahoma will wrap that up unless Texas can pull off some sort of miracle and get all the way down the field and score six. Uh, really quickly in baseball, it's top of five. There's a runner on. It's still two one Texas over Baltimore. And it's a 3-2 count to Evan Carter with Daniel Kaloum on the mound. Kyle Bradish struck out nine batters in four and two-thirds innings. It's a crazy job. Uh, speaking of baseball, is it prediction time? Let's do it. Diamondbacks-Dodgers tonight? Let's do it. Do we want to do a game-by-game, game or do we just want to encapsulate the series? Whatever you want to do, man. It's your world. I'm just living in it. Let's do game-by-game, game because then we can, you know, stretch time a bit <laughs> as we close out on this. Yeah, you know us. We, oh, gosh, we cannot talk for anything. <laughs> we need some filler. So... The pitching matchup tonight, Merrill Kelly against Clayton Kershaw. This is probably going to be the closest to a head-to-head matchup that we're going to get in this series because the Dodgers pitching rotation, we could talk about it ad nauseum. No Walker Bueller, no Tony Gonsolin. Julio Arias is away from the team for very bad reasons. And what, He should be away from baseball for the rest of yeah, his life. Yeah, we have our so. opinions on that matter, and what he's done is terrible, and he should be away. And the rest of the Dodgers rotation is holding their own. But if there's a place for them to crack, it's probably in the postseason, Eric. Yeah, that's where they have before. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. You know, there's uh, there's precedent with that. I think that when it comes to tonight, it almost feels like the Diamondbacks are are riding too high of a high. And they're partying every night. Right. You you know what I mean? And (laughs) if. The Dodgers are really here to shake that playoff funk. I think that this is the most important game to them. Because if you let the Diamondbacks take game one, this series has changed dramatically. Home field advantage has changed. You're pitching that all of like it's it's just different. Yeah. That's why I don't I don't think the Diamondbacks won tonight. You know what's funny? And I'll give my prediction in a sec. Last Saturday, we didn't get to have a show, but we had no idea as to whether or not the Diamondbacks were going to be in the playoffs or not. Nope. Fast forward a week, it's game one of the National League Division Series, and here are the Diamondbacks. Ain't that some? <laughs> that will never get old. The DA cut, ain't it's that sh- some? It's a shame that he's gone in terms of the content. <laughs> yeah. Quote, unquote. Content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either way. Um, so what's your game one? What, I, what are you picking? I, as much as I want to ride the high that the Diamondbacks are on right now, I do think that we have to respect the Dodgers as, one, a 100-win team, two, as a continued juggernaut in the National League, NL West, and National League as a whole, baseball as a whole. I think this is the coming off of the high game for the Diamondbacks tonight. That doesn't mean that the series is lost, but I think game one is lost. No, series is not lost if they lose tonight. Not at all. And don't get it twisted. There's there's two sides of me right now. It's like a Jekyll and Hyde. There's like analytical, (laughs) unbiased media guy, Eric Ruby. Devil's advocate is the phrase, yes. And then there's the guy that at 620 is going to be screaming at the TV, right? (laughs) And so so that guy, the guy who's going to be screaming at the TV for better or for worse, you know, he he wants the Dimebacks to win. He thinks it's going to be huge if the Dimebacks win. But look... Merrill Kelly's numbers against the Dodgers. I know he says he's not concerned about it, but trends are trends for a reason. I hope he shakes it. I don't know if he gives up like 10 earned runs, but I just, I think the Dodgers take one tonight. Then comes game two. You've got Gallon against Bobby Miller, right? That seems to be what That's it's like the projected. Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, didn't confirm anything, but the expectation is that it will be Bobby Miller in game two. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie. He 
in the I put him in the same class as Brandon fought as there are very high expectations for Bobby Miller, given how he performed in the minor league levels. He's one of their top prospects. And in case you didn't know this, people who've never watched Bobby Miller pitch before, he can throw really hard. He can throw in the upper 90s, and he's got good off-speed stuff to mix, too. He was a nice addition for their rotation this year against Zach Gallen and against this Diamondbacks lineup that seems to have a lot of moxie right now. I don't know if that's going to be the same case. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Dimebacks game two. I think the answer backs answer back in game two, not in game one. I think they'll probably fall down, lose a close one tonight. Then comes Monday. Look, starting just a rookie. Pause for a second. How much space there is between these first three games? It's great. It's great for the Diamondbacks. They're off tomorrow. They play Monday. They're off Tuesday for a travel day, and then they play Wednesday and also Thursday back to back. But that feels like a lot of time off for a team that just had to play basically five games in their last six days. Absolutely. I, I think that that's going to play into the Diamondbacks' advantage because you're starting pitching when you only have two guys that you can really rely on. You want the most rest so that you can roll them out in games four and five if necessary. Right. I think Gallon is going to... He's going to do the Gallon thing, and that might mean giving up a run or two at the beginning, but then he just locks it down. I think Gallon's going to perform. I think Miller's probably going to struggle. I think the Diamondbacks' bats are going to come alive game two, 1-1 series. So we have an even series now coming back to Arizona. So you're, you're saying they take game two as well? I will also say they take okay. game two. 1-1. I think, if anything, this team has answered back so many times. I joked that they're on speed dial at this point. I think that the Diamondbacks, if they lose this game tonight— they're going to want the energy and momentum coming back with them to Arizona, and it's going to motivate them to play better in Game 2. Game 3, we assume Brandon fought. I don't recall if Tori's confirmed that, but we assume it to be Brandon fought. We it ain't know. Zach Davies. <laughs> ain't Zach Davies. For the Dodgers, we don't know. The name that's getting thrown out there is Lance Lynn, but I believe he's dealing with a personal matter for the time being, so they don't know if he's going to be ready and available. Um, it could be an entire bullpen game for the Dodgers. This is the one where you have to win. I, I have I the Diamondbacks that, winning game three at home. And yeah. at that point, it teeters them to be the winners in game four. Yeah, I mean, well, because then you're up you're up 2-1 in the series. I, I think Diamondbacks take game three at home. It's the first time that playoff baseball will be in Arizona this season. I think they'd capitalize on that. You're going to go against the weakest pitching for the Dodgers. That's great. Okay, then comes game four. It's 2-1. Quick, you got game four. Diamondbacks winning four. Wow. Okay, I got the Dodgers winning two straight after that. Really? I don't want it to happen, and I'll be mad if it happens. I believe but it. But that just, that's just what I feel. I just think that's going to happen. Really quickly, Oklahoma held on. They won the Red River Series against Texas 34-30. There's a lot of stuff going on tonight in Arizona sports, so let's tell you about it real quick. Ducks and Coyotes preseason at 3 on 92.3 KTAR. 3.30, Colorado and Arizona State on ESPN 620. 6.20 tonight, Diamondbacks Dodgers right here on 98.7 in the Arizona Sports app. And for you Wildcat fans out there, Arizona USC 730. We're out! Enjoy your Saturday.